You're listening to Draft Chaff. Coming up this week, not just our cube, but how you could also draw from this to make a cube of your own. Oh, late weight advantage. Oh, boy. And open a pack and go, oh, my God, you put this in? This is awesome. There's nothing like that feeling. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Draft Chap. This is episode number 183. My name is Zach. I'm one of your hosts. And joining me, as per usual, Ben Fisher. What's up, dude? Not too much. I'm riding the high of uh, getting past an ancestral recall in Vintage Cube. Nothing feels better. Well, the, surely that was like, what, pack one, pick two or something? Um, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a couple packs and a couple picks off. <laughs> Uh, it hurts. It hurts yeah. so much. Oh man, what what a seat to be in. That was a that was a fun draft. Um, if you want to know all about it, you should check out our our pre show patrons. Uh, hit that up. So this week we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to really just walk through all there is to know about the draft draft cube, and then we're going to follow up with a live draft. But before we do all of that, of course, our usual housekeeping. If you're not already in the Discord, check it out. It's the best place to be to chat all things MTG. So come say hi to us post your trophies, discuss picks, all that sort of stuff with all of the sets that are out. I mean, it feels like we have half a dozen sets that are draftable right now. So there's lots to talk about, lots to discuss. And I'm sure spoiler season is like right around the corner (laughs) because when isn't it? So all sorts of things to be in there talking about, especially our bounty boards where you can submit uh, proof of achievements in uh, the main sort of standard legal sets so right now that's lost caverns of ixalan but if you're listening to this in the future it may be something else and uh you can win packs we'll send out real packs to the top three uh achievement getters uh none of them are win based so do check that out i think there's one that's win based actually but uh anyway you can check that out in the discord as well for all the details on that the link to that is in the episode description as well as on our twitter page and if you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftchaffpod. Huge, huge thanks to each and every one of you who support us every week. We really, really appreciate it. You guys keep us doing this. Um, so, yeah, huge thanks to all of you. Perks over there include things like our custom Draft Chaff Hero stickers. If you don't know what that is, we announced and revealed the first one, which was its kin for our Draft Chaff Hero for LCI. So you can check that out. The sticker came out wonderfully and looks amazing. We'll get those out to all of our inspiring overseer tier patrons uh, for this set. And then of course you'll receive one going forward for every set that you are a patron. And of course, all of the funding there goes to help make the show even better, whether that's more content, uh, different uh, prizes in the bounty boards and different ways to make the community as enjoyable as possible. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash draft pod. Quick note as well, we have our holiday mailbag com- episode coming out next week and we're going to be giving away some arena codes to folks who ask questions there, so do check that out. That'll be three entrants. We'll get three arena codes each. No repeated winners, one entry per entrant. And uh, we look forward to talking about your questions. We've got some really, really amazing ones in there already and uh, you've got about, mm, what, a week or so from this release, maybe a little less than mm-hmm. a week, five days or so from this episode releasing to get those in in the discord that would be in the uh 2023 holiday mailbag channel 
All right, we're going to skip a crack draft type thing this week because we're going to do a live draft at the end. So we'll jump right into the main topic here. Ben, take it away. So the cube, the draft chaff cube. This this is our baby. <laughs> this, this cube is uh, one of our probably coolest things that we've made besides a show, I guess. Um, and what we want this episode to focus on is not just our cube, but how you could also draw from this to make a cube of your own. So uh, let's talk the cubeter theory. Oh yeah, we're, oh, we're locking we're locking that in. <laughs> now you have to make it the title. <laughs> but it's going to look great. People will know what it means. It's vector theory, but applied to a cube. Uh, and I guess maybe one of the pieces of feedback we got from Marshall was, how do you make vector theory applicable? I think a pretty cool way to apply it is to use it to make a cube, right? That That's a pretty good uh, application. Yep. So, uh, I mean, nothing really says the holidays like cube, right? I mean, we're used to the uh, the holiday cube going up every, every time. It just went up today. Uh, the alpha frog cube has been up for a while. That was a great time as well. There's big changes to the current holiday vintage cube. Um, the twin is out. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, hmm. Some people were... As you can imagine, not stoked about that change. I think it's whatever. Twin is, it hasn't been very good in a while. It's just kind of like an eye roll at this point. I, I haven't mm-hmm. played a twin deck in cube in, in a long time. Interaction is just too good. Games can end by the time like a pestermite comes down. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I mean, if these cubes and maybe even like the sets that are out right now, maybe LCI and cons, these just, maybe they're not your thing. I think every limited player can think of a time when they felt like the current set just wasn't really their thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Insert meme, uh, fine, I'll do it myself. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you can just make your own set. And uh, here's the cool thing. You can make it anything you want. So if the current set or cubes or whatever, flashback draft even, isn't up to your liking, just make something that is. That is exactly what we did when we made the draft draft cube. So uh, we used vector theory to design it, which is wild, but you can use vector theory to design a cube of your own. Uh, And we're going to say this a million times throughout. Uh, It's awesome if you want to design your own cube. You could also just steal ours. (laughs) I mean, uh, not steal, but when you buy it, you're basically stealing it. It only costs $125 right now. Um, we obviously don't make any money off of this. We just think it's a lot of fun and it's very cheap as far as cubes go, especially for one as high powered as this. Uh, I mean, this is like under half the price of a, of a, your average standard deck cost, right? Well under yeah. modern. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the more exciting things for me, at least about our, our cube in particular is just that like we managed to find one that is fun to play and isn't expensive like when you think about vintage cube if you try to build your own copy of vintage cube like forget it you're just you're going to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to make that happen to sell a couple organs or a house or something right and you can get i i don't want to say necessarily that this is the same enjoyment might maybe the same level of enjoyment but not the same enjoyment because you're playing with very different sets of cards yeah but it's a it's a really fun draft environment it's a fun play environment and yeah, for less than 150 bucks, you can get a copy of it. And we keep the price there on purpose, and we'll talk more about that in a bit. But very, very cheap cube, and it's a, a, a bigger cube too, and mm-hmm. still manages to keep that price. 
Yeah. Uh, so again, this is a high powered, very fun, very flexible, even somewhat customizable magic draft set designed by us. For those that aren't familiar with what a cube is, it's it's a, a curated draft environment. So the draft shaft cube is 540 cards. It technically is modern legal cards uh, consisting entirely of draft shaft. Now this brings up something that we haven't talked about on the show in a while. What actually is draft shaft technically? We, we have waxed poetic about this, but the way we like to define it is draft shaft is any card that could be found left on a table after a draft. And you know that has some there's flexibility like a, with it there's an asterisk on that too that's like a card that would reasonably be found left on the table if someone forgot a card on the table accidentally <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really include it but like yeah cards that you could expect to see left behind after a draft because people don't want them yeah uh it, this this tends to be like bulk rares signpost uncommons draft chaff hero cards the mythic commons or uncommons of the set uh, these are the types of cards that we're, we're aiming for. These are our bread and butter for this. And we're also trying to include as many fan favorite uh, archetypes, which from here on out, we're going to refer to as vectors because you know that's what we do. Uh, as many fan favorite vectors, as many fan favorite cards, build arounds, uh, even like memes <laughs> as we possibly can, uh, because, you know, this is what we like to do. Uh and a lot of us have played a lot of limited too, right? Like we've been playing limited for ages and we have been able to leverage our experience playing limited, knowing what's fun and knowing what other people like in order to make a draft environment in which honestly, there's a lot of good stuff to do. Yeah. And not a lot of duds either. That's something I think, you know, when you have a lot of draft experience, especially a lot of cubing experience, you can kind of piece together or like aggregate a list of things you're like well this didn't hit in this this environment let's make sure we ignore that or you know remove it from the environment i'm building and you can kind of use that to collate the best hits really Mm -hmm. we update the cube pretty regularly too uh and if one cube card like climbs too high monetarily if, if it gets more to be like in the three or four dollar range to be honest, the stuff that gets left behind is usually dictated by pricing and, and value. Uh, so if something does get too expensive, we will try to swap it out for like a, a cheaper alternative. Um, and, and a lot of cards also have special printings. But again, the cheapest version of these cards that you could own, uh, according to Cube Cobra at least, is about $125 for, for 540 cards. Uh, that does bring the average price per card out to like 26-ish cents, which is, I mean... That's perfect for us. Right. And we do uh, we do have like a few house rules on how cards are allowed to be added and not added. I say house rules. It's our cube. So I guess they're just the rules. But yeah, <laughs> um, we when we're given a choice between two cards that functionally do the same thing, if one has an alt art and the other doesn't, we choose the <laughs> one with the alt art because bling. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mine's pretty blinged out at this point. Still almost worthless. Like if I. Right. I'm not saying I would ever lose this cube, but if, if like this cube fell in a, in a ditch or a hole in the ground and got destroyed somehow, it would not break the bank to just get a whole new one. <laughs> Probably cost you more to replace that dice bag. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or honestly the box, um, or the cube majigs. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, um, yeah, I, I do actually have some recommendations. We're not sponsored by any of these brands, but for my personal copy of the cube, I use Dragon Shield black mat sleeves. Uh, I bought them in bulk for like nine dollars a box of per hundred. That was pretty good. I use uh, Cubamajigs as the reusable uh, packs 
Thanks, Zach, for those. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I use Infinite Tokens instead of keeping like a massive log of tokens, though that's just impossible. Infinite Tokens work really well for this. Uh, and the box that I keep it in is a Game Genic Dungeon uh, 1100 plus. And that thing is just the perfect size. It has room for all the, uh, uh, the Cuban Majig packs in it. Um, and all the other, other 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 extra stuff that I need, just kind of laying around, uh, tokens and boxes and and that sort of thing, uh, even like the extra cards that don't make it in. Because uh, as it is five forty, uh, only three sixty of those cards make it into the packs for a given draft. So there's room for the extras too. I uh, highly recommend all of those things. I've been very happy with my setup. And if any of those companies want to give us money, <laughs> where to find us? <laughs> um, we also do make updates to the cube pretty often, as Ben alluded to earlier. We try. We try to update it every set, though that gets really difficult to keep up with. Um, and some sets, sets, some set. Well, yeah, I should say we try to update it with every standard legal set. Yeah. So, like once every three or four months, um, and we typically are only making three to five card changes at a time. Uh, so, three to five cards being added in, of course, the same number being removed. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we do try to keep it up to date. We don't make drastic changes to it because. Well, A, we don't have a huge playtesting group really to like make sure the changes are reasonable. Uh, and I think when you make drastic changes, <coughs> vintage cube, <coughs> um, all at once, then you kind of, sure, I guess you make it like a totally new experience, but then it loses some of the allure that the original thing had. And yeah, yeah it can be a little overwhelming. So let's chat about the history of the cube because this thing's gone through some iterations and we want to kind of pull back the curtain and, and let the listener understand, I guess, how, how much time and how many hours went into this, which I'll admit was a lot. We put a lot of thought and effort into this cube. Uh, a, lot, a lot of looking up stuff on Scryfall and and on Gatherer Advanced Search. And sometimes I'd have both Gatherer Advanced Search and Scryfall up at the same time for some reason. Uh, a, a lot of fine tuning went into this. But the original build started out in a pretty different form. It was only 360 cards. And it was mostly draft shaft that we had, I guess, played with recently or already had just laying around. And I think it's important to note that if you want to do this, you can just take 360 cards from your collection, pull them out at random if you want, and just jam them all together and boom, that is a cube. You can draft it. You can play with it. Will it function? Maybe not. <laughs> but that, that's a starting point. That's a springboard, right? And our initial build, in hindsight, was, was pretty close to that because it was a lot of junk. There was a lot of nonsense going on in there. A lot of the vectors uh, that we'd included um, were sort of just linear things. A lot of them were just like fun draft decks that we'd played with before from discrete sets, um, ones that didn't really jive that well together that we all just kind of jammed into a 360-card pile. Uh, Design-wise, we would look at a color pair we would pick a vector for it to fit uh, and follow along and then attempt to overlap it with other colors uh, and see how we could add in cards here and there as sort of these plants to give it some uh, cross vector, cross color applicability. And this sort of worked. Sort of. It, it started out, yeah, it started out really tight. So we had these very narrow vectors that were only doing the thing they wanted to do and none of them overlapped at all. So we had like black, white was doing, I think black, white was originally aristocrats. Yeah. It was, and, it was even worse. It was allies aristocrats. Oh, that's right. It was allies. Parasitic. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it was just so specific 
none of the other like black or white decks cared about allies or the or the aristocrats thing. So yeah. if you saw a white card that cared about aristocrats, you knew it went in the white black deck and that was it and nothing else. So mm-hmm. you'd kind of have some interesting decisions to make in the draft experience for the first few picks. But then once your vector or your lane was kind of ironed out, it was kind of autopilot. And that was a lot of the feedback we got was just that you ended up not needing to draft really. Like you didn't have to think once you got into your lane and could tell like what lane you were in mm-hmm. their deck just built itself. And that's not a fun experience. We draft because we like to make decisions and there are some interesting choices to be made throughout the draft and reading signals and all those kinds of things. So we wanted to kind of fix that. And to do that, we added kind of this overlaying wedge idea where we, we opened up the vector types such that they could overlap each other. And we built unofficial wedges. I would say, I wouldn't necessarily say there are wedge decks that are super well supported, Mm -hmm. though you can do it. Um, there, there's just better overlap now in the vectors that we have. Yeah. Version 2.0, Stayed at 360 cards, but we did get to fix some of the Mardu colors. I mean, we, we put in, I guess, more cross-vector applicable cards. So we were looking for things that were, okay, this card is an ally, but it also uh, has like a pinging effect, which red-black was at the time. That was a cool vector. Um, it was like death touch pingers. That, that, that was a pretty cool thing for red-black yeah. to have. Um, and, and then there was like an ally that happened to tap to ping. And we were like, okay, this has got to go in because... Uh, this gives it a, a little more cross-vector applicability. Someone who's in allies might want this, but it's like a red card and maybe like a white-red deck could have like a pinging thing and also an allies thing going on. Uh, but we ran into some other issues because we had fixed the problem of some vectors being too narrow. But then we encountered the opposite issue with version 2.0, which was that some vectors were just far too broad, particularly yeah. the green ones, uh, where... Blue-green was just sort of like growth counters, generic blue-green good value stuff. Kind of boring. Which is basically what Watsy does with blue-green on a regular basis <laughs> yeah. anyway. But when you have the choice, to, like the chance to build your own set, yeah, you don't really want to be, be there. Yeah. Uh, red-green was, <laughs> and I took this verbatim from our notes, yep. ramp big Ponza. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, doesn't exactly scream uh, fun for anyone involved. I mean, yeah, it's red green, I guess. Um, there was also some complaints going around about lack of fixing. And we should shout out there were some people that were uh, early drafters of this on, on um, Cube Cobra because you can actually do test drafts on Cube Cobra, which we're going to do in a little bit. Uh, and people were kind enough to give us this feedback, which is awesome. Uh, I'm not sure we would have gotten to the point where we're at now if we hadn't gotten this feedback. So uh, we knew that we needed more lands. Um, Having 360 cards in the cube doesn't really give you that many land slots. Uh, You're limited. And we needed a a bit of an overhaul. So uh, we made the biggest change to date of the Draft Shaft Cube. We upgraded it to version (laughs) 3.0. This this one took... I think upgrading to version 3.0 took more time than had been put into the cube yeah. like well, as is. And it's well, because here's the thing. It wasn't just an upgrade where we added and Ben mentioned we went up to 540 cards. We didn't just add a bunch of cards. We re like we overhauled the whole thing. Yeah. So new vectors pulled out a bunch of the crappy ones from the first two versions. Um, really tuned the color pairs a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Well, we can dive into some of those things, but 
it was just a total overhaul. It wasn't just adding, you know, 200 cards or whatever. And to be honest, I don't think we're doing that again. I, I think this is the definitive form of the cube. And yeah. listener, if you're thinking about how you could do this with a cube, uh, I, I would recommend aiming for 540 to begin with. If 360 is a reasonable starting point, then yeah, go for 360. If that's what you want to do so that you have a cube and can play with it with some buddies on the weekend, then go nuts, do it. Uh, but I, from our experience, would say 540 is optimal for, for this. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons for that. I think you get more room to overlap those vectors like we were talking about instead of having things be so narrow. Um, you have the ability to add more lands and more utility cards that can kind of fit into anything. And then also, I think we found some things that we were struggling with early on were just that we didn't have enough room to try stuff mm-hmm. in the in the smaller cube. And we thought, we, we started with a smaller cube because we thought fewer cards would make it easier, like, there are a lot of cards in magic and when you're yeah. especially when your criteria is cards that are left behind on a draft table it doesn't really options. exclude any of them like there are yeah. a lot of cards in the in the quote unquote, like the proverbial card pool and so we were a little worried at first that we would run into problems where we just would get analysis paralysis there are too many cards to fill this this particular role that we need in this set and so Let's stick to 360 because um, it's just fewer things to think about. Turns out it actually made us made it more things to think about because obviously you have to cut more things. Anybody who's been stuck at like 41 or 42 cards in any draft ever knows exactly how that feels. So yeah. um, it was that on a much, much larger scale. So 540 would have probably been a better place to start for sure. Yeah, and 360 means that every single card gets opened every single time. Yeah. Um, just the, the 15 times three times eight is 360. So every card goes into every pack every time. Uh, 540 means that you get some variance in between drafts, that no right. two drafts will look ever the same as opposed to every draft looking the same. That's a right. pretty big uh, quality of life upgrade, I would say. And th- what really, I think, helped with this was it gave us more room between the vectors to work. What I mean by this is that if you think of two vectors pointing in similar directions, and I know that don't don't worry about the dimensions that we're working in. Think of this like some complicated hyperdimensional. Uh, honestly, we, we need we need a computer to to, to crunch the data on this one. But uh, you could think of it as two arrows pointing in very similar directions and uh, coming from a common origin and pointing in like so that, so that there's like a, an angle between them, maybe like twenty degrees or something. Uh, two similar-ish vectors. Uh, take like white, blue, and, and green, white. Right? They, they both point in the vaguely white direction, uh, which is trying to play creatures that are small and good quality creatures, and they have slightly different things going for them. Uh, having 540 cards, <laughs> let me see if I can build an analogy for this, opened up more space in between those vectors to put cards. What, what it kind of did was... Um, made the increments between those vectors smaller. It allowed us to fit more cards between blue, white, and green, white to smooth out the transition from the one vector to the other, such that maybe there was a card that was more towards the blue, white side, uh, and then there was a card that was more towards the green, white side, and in the 360 version, that would be it. But now we can have one that's right in the middle and one that's slightly off in the middle and one that's slightly off to the middle on the other side and one that's almost all the way to the blue-white side but could be played in green-white maybe one or two times ever. 
it, it sort of like made it wider for us to include cards. And that's good <laughs> because we want to yeah. play with a bunch of good draft draft cards. So uh, plus, as we're doing this process, cutting cards, it kind of felt like we were cutting our babies because these are cards that they're, they're not seeing play anymore anywhere. That's why they're draft chaff. So we're, we're kind of gathering our flock and, and giving them all a chance to shine again. Yeah. And I'll say too, I think adding from a playability perspective, adding cards that are just generic, you're, you're like generic two mana, three, one in white, right? Like pretty much any white deck can, tr- can play that. I guess you're like less aggressive decks don't really want those cards, but just having the space to add in very generic cards that any deck that's touching the color can play as whether it's filler or is like actually a card they're happy to put in the deck or any of those kinds of things, again, made it easier to have that overlap between vectors. So you don't have those super narrow lanes where you're just, your whole draft is on rails. Mm -hmm. I do actually want to show off our sheet a little bit. I think maybe we can post this as a, as a Patreon perk, right? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Just a little bit of a bonus for, the patrons we've never actually made this public before but it would be cool because i mean this is a great template if someone wanted to make their own cube uh you're gonna have to make a copy don't you dare edit my file (laughs) but uh this thing is locked to the outside uh but looking through it uh, you can see how every single specific vector i I went pretty deep and, and i went for each vector i listed signposts for them the multicolor cards enablers that are monocolored payoffs that are monocolored off theme vectors within that color pair off theme color signposts and even off theme monocolored cards so you're getting a a very wide spread within uh each color pair so this is again why we look at things in terms of vectors instead so for example green white the the green white vector uh within this color pair uh The primary green-white vector is combo, where it's infinite combos based on gaining infinite life, flickering things infinite times, uh, draining for infinite life, making infinite tokens, putting on infinite counters. There's like, I kind of lost track of the number of infinite combos. I think there's like eight or more, uh, like two or three card infinites at this point. But you could also reasonably have a green-white ramp deck because there are green and white cards that go along the ramp vector. Uh, I have intentionally put cards in that would be good in a white ramp deck. What does that look like? You'll have to find out. Uh, there are also ones that would go well in a green-white flicker deck. There are white flicker enablers, and we put in green cards that have good ETBs. Similarly, uh, green-white could be a heroic deck. Red-white is the main heroic vector. There's a ton of cards in red and white that care about you know targeting your creatures with spells and cards that have heroic, things that get uh, prowess or get pumped. But then I put some green creatures that have heroic in there too. So you could have a green-white heroic deck because there's that overlap. Uh, and this is maybe my, my favorite vector in the entire cube, green-white flash. There are <laughs> – you got to look hard to find them. But you can build a really, really good green-white instant speed creature deck. And this one is just – bonkers that it exists it's one of my favorites um i don't even i don't want to spoil anything but like wilderness wreck and i don't know a flash flyer just picture that also wilderness wreck is draft chaff it's been banned in formats for ages it's worth nothing if it were put in a modern limited set today it would be draft chaff you'd find it on the table i guarantee it 
So don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot, there's a lot of going on in these different vectors and the way that it was laid out to not only support the vector itself, but then support other vectors and other sort of, yeah, as you mentioned, Ben, kind of off theme vectors. So you don't, in the color pair, you don't have to be stuck with the signpost vector, the one that we were like planning as the main one. You can mm-hmm. kind of dabble around with other things in the same color pair as well, which is another benefit of having extra cards. Mm-hmm. And that was all just for green, white. Every single other color pair has four potential other off-vector decks. And, and this is just what we were able to come up with. There are other things in here that we couldn't even spot. We've also seeded in things just sort of for fun uh, along those wedges that you'd mentioned earlier. Uh, Green-white, for example, you'll find Huatli the Sun's Heart, which if you recall is a butts card. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything that I just mentioned at all. And it's in there, so... Uh, that must be there for a reason. There may also be a high alert or an assault formation in there somewhere. <laughs> maybe, maybe somewhere. Uh, plus, uh, expanding the 540 cards, what really helped with this was we could add more monocolored cards. I think we right. had too high a ratio of multicolored, and because of that, it sort of locked you in too early. You'd just be like, oh, there's a red-black card. It's good in this deck. I take it. Oh, there's another one. I take it. Oh, and then it just kept going. Uh, it, it was a little too obvious what cards were good vector inclusions. Uh by adding more monocolor cards, we were able to smooth out the difference between generically solid cube inclusions, like you know, just good burn spells, removal spells, and counter spells, and vector synergy pieces, like a counter spell that cares about tapping a token, or uh, a burn spell that needs you to sack something, or something like that, or discard a card, right? Because uh, then that might go pretty well along the madness vector. But then it's also kind of good in the reanimator vector. Could you have a blue-red reanimator deck? Actually, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we messed around with the curve with this one as well. Uh, the curve is actually very similar to the modern Moto cube, uh, which is a staple of, of cubes all everywhere. Uh, and the mana base was upgraded to include way more fixing, tons of uh, dual lands of, of all sorts, some rare ones that are actually draft draft because they're just they're garbage and no one likes them. The, um, the, the, the show lands from Shadows of Innistrad, for example, those are worthless because they... Well, because they suck, and that makes them perfect for us. So, mm-hmm. uh, and we also managed to squeeze in a couple more things. Um, we each actually have two slots that we curate ourselves. Uh, the Chaff Master picks. I think right now I, I have Nine Fingers Keen in there, which is a Gates oh, is card. Yeah, I, I don't know if she's going to be in there that much longer. She might be on the way out. Uh, Gates actually might be on the way out too. The Gates package might. It, it might we just tried be a, it. it. might just be a That's <laughs> actually a fun. I mean, there's a, that's a fun little like nugget to talk about with the cube. There was a yeah. bit where we actually toyed with the idea that you could, if you drafted, I don't even remember what the whole thing was. It was like if you drafted, you end. didn't. If you drafted Maze's End, you got all the the yeah the yeah dates for free or something. We had toyed around with the idea of if you draft a Maze's End you would just get spotted the 10 gates and that way you wouldn't have to worry about it because right. like the odds that all 10 would get opened, but then Baldur's Gate came out and that included a lot of like these junk gates that no one's going to really want anyway, but they're monocolored, I think, but then they tap to do something. Uh, I, I don't know. The, the gates package hasn't worked out super well yet. We've done a bunch of these drafts in person and so far no one has actually made a gates deck. So that tells me it's not really working. Uh, that might just have to get swapped out for something else, but I don't know. It's still kind of funny. I don't want to, you know, cut it before someone gets the chance to make it work. 
Uh, and also, um, we do actually have a, I guess, sort of like a chaff mascot in there, a Risen Sanctuary, which is a green-white Selesnya card from, from ages ago. Uh, it's one of the only cards in Magic that contains the word chaff printed on it. It's actually in the flavor text. Yeah, there are two, I think. It's still <laughs> only is, two. One is not draft chaff. One is <laughs> not draft chaff, a, but it does have it in the uh, in the flavor text as well. Was a grand abolisher, right? Grand abolisher, yes, and only a specific printing of it. There, like the main printing, the original printing has the word chaff in it. Some of the new ones cut the um, cut the flavor text or change the flavor text, and so it's not on there. But yeah, risen sanctuary, definitive draft chaff. Oh yeah, it's like a seven mana eight eight <laughs> like with not, vigilance. Yeah, I, I think, and that's it. Or vigilance reach, maybe. Probably. Um, we should also mention that around this point, we added achievements, many of which are very fun, uh, and a, a change log. We actually sort of have some overlap between those achievements and our bounty boards. I think those those kind of relate. These are along the lines of what we like to do. A lot of the achievements just involve total nonsense, not necessarily winning the game, but just doing something really stupid. Uh, and whenever we run this draft in person, we always do give extra prize packs for the person with the most achievements at the end of the night. So if you want to yeah. go into this cube with just that in mind, uh, I mean, this is a good example of how our cube does break away from the norm a little bit. I mean, vintage cube, you're out for blood, right? You're, you're slamming moxes and you're taking counter spells and, and burn spells. And, you know, you're taking good cards because you want to win packs and, and have a good time. Uh, but our cube, we go a little more for the draft shaft vector, right? We go a little more along the lines of, um, yeah, you can win and have fun and make a bonkers deck that can do some wacky stuff because, believe it or not, it's a pretty powerful set. But you could also just go for total nonsense and, uh, you know, th that could be fun too. Yeah, uh, I think we were describing the cube in one of its newer forms to a friend and we got through it and they were like, that just doesn't sound very fun. It's just a bunch of these like crappy, cheap cards and like, yeah, but there are like three ways to put twin together in green white. <laughs> yeah, you can win on turn like four in this, in this set. Uh, and yes, this is all just draft chaff. Uh, overall, we wanted to sum up some things for those of you that wanted to make a cube yourself. I, I got to say, this was a super rewarding experience. I feel like a better limited player because of this. Uh, even just seeing how someone would need to think in order to assemble a set, I think I improved at limited after we made this cube. Like I, I think this this process helped me learn things about way the sets are designed. Oh yeah, absolutely. It definitely gave a new appreciation for set design at Watsi. Like yeah. just recognizing there how much goes into not not just I mean, we're playing with cards that have already been around. So we're not even talking about designing the cards themselves, but mm -hmm. just designing a set and making something cohesive so that you can draft a f like and actually have that format exist and not just pump out a bunch of standard-related stuff. And I got to say, this was a really fun process. It was a labor of love for sure, but I mean, it was a lot of fun to make, show off, and honestly, one of the best feelings I think we've had in Magic is having a bunch of friends get together crack some cold ones, draft together, and have your friends open a pack and go, oh my god, you put this in? This is awesome. There's nothing like that feeling. Uh, and you, listener, could experience that yourself. All you got to do is grab 360 or I think I would actually recommend 540 cards, smush them together. Don't even bother sleeving them up. I mean, it's a cube, especially <laughs> if it's like cheap stuff like this. 
Um, grab some vectors that you personally like. We're going to mention our vectors in a bit. Spoiler alert, it's all ones that we love. Uh, there really are no rules to this. You can repeat cards. There's some cubes out there that have multiples in them. Some, I mean, some cubes have no repeats like Vintage Cube or R Cube, but it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. Uh, some are like certain wedges. There's like a Jund Cube and like a Blue Red Cube. Or if you don't like white, just make a whiteless cube. <laughs> you can do, do whatever yes. you want. Uh, make a cube of all uncards. Make a cube of all silver bordered cards. Uh, all white bordered cards, even all cards from before 1999, all cards from after 2000. Um, I, I know there's people that have like arena viable cubes that you can do at long distance. There's so many options, infinitely customizable. There's even a cube con, which I, I think we should look into because this is a, a beautiful creation. And um, I don't know, I think, I think this thing is worthy of cube con. Definitely. Also, I'll throw out there too, if you find yourself a fan of Commander, which obviously is a constructed format, but if you do find that you really enjoy Commander and like the build the deck building aspect of Commander, this is that on steroids. Designing a cube is that on steroids. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So definitely if you are maybe new to limited and you've previously maybe you found your way to magic through Commander, a friend, you know, let you borrow a deck or something and you thought, "Oh, this is really fun." You designed a deck that really matters to you. Cubing is just a, a yeah, a bigger way to do that. So, mm-hmm. and um, if you are thinking of doing this, you know, you got a little extra holiday cash laying around. Maybe you got one hundred twenty-five dollars. You want to toss towards the draft draft cube. Uh, if you get the draft draft cube itself, you know, we'll be we'll be super stoked. We can, I don't know, send you a bunch of arena codes or something, and we'll hook you up with something or other. <laughs> maybe maybe a sticker or something to toss on there, uh, but. If you want to just do this yourself, um, we're happy to give you advice. I mean, we've been through the trenches of this. We're, we're happy to help you out in any way that we can. Uh, so let's take a look at our Cube Cobra page. Um, here it is, 540 card budget modern cube uh, as it stands. Oh, yeah, look, uh, $125 clean. Uh, let's run through our, our vectors real quick. Blue-white is Flicker. This is a pretty good one. I mean, I don't think this could have been anything else. We've got some classic Flicker cards. Soul Herder, I think, is the the really most emblematic card of the deck. Uh, I should say Master Sets. We love when Master Sets come out because it makes cards that were previously maybe rares or high high value cards into Draft Chaff. Mm-hmm. So we get to make fun upgrades from that. But uh, Soul Herder and Cloud Blazer, these are the two cards that really just make this deck tick. Absolutely. I mean... If you're around for original Kaladesh, you know just how amazing it feels to cast one Cloud Blazer. But when you get to flicker it repeatedly, Shep's nasty. Blue Black is discard with a bit of reanimator sub theme. Uh, Obsessive Stitcher is the complete package. It loots and then it sacks itself to reanimate something. Uh, ooh, this needs upgrading. Extract from Darkness. Um, th- this was replaced. We replaced it with Invasion of Amonkhet. I got to go fix that. Um, Invasion of Amonkhet is is in here now. Uh, because it's pretty similar, it involves some uh, some hand draw, some discard, some uh, self mill, even uh, stock up the graveyard. Red black, this is a fun one. Madness uh, pairs pretty well with blue black discard, doesn't it? Wonder if that was an accident. Totally, no thought went into this cube at all. But that, that's that's yeah. an area where you can kind of see that we do have intentional overlap between certain vectors. So there's going to be a lot of black cards that care about being being discarded or enabling you to discard cards. 
And so they, they play nicely together. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, this is mainly designed as a two color set, but you could have a, I don't know, a Grixis kind of reanimator e discard e set uh, mm-hmm. draft going on. Got stuff like Anja made of Dishonor. She just spits out a bunch of blood tokens, which are good for uh, sacrificing to loot away things. Uh, Bloodhall Priest is a fun one. You can madness it out. And uh, it actually cares about you being hellbent, which is a, a pretty fun little sub vector there. I'm sure people could find a way to enable that. This one I'm pretty proud of. Uh, red, green, enrage. Red, green, in our, in our previous iteration, it was directionless. It was just big stuff. Ponza it, was even uh, Come in on, there. it was Ponza. It's the best direction to be in. Blow up your opponent's yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves Ponza. You know, playing against it, playing with it. Yeah, you can tell uh, which of us designed that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so Red, Green, and Rage, I think, was a, a bit of a more interesting cube vector. I haven't actually seen Enrage in any other cubes, to my knowledge. Uh, and there's some good enablers for it. There's stuff like Raging Swordtooth, uh, Raging Regisaur. And believe it or not, there's an awful lot of cards that care about being dealt damage and having effects that you know trigger off that damage being dealt. There are some cards in there that still care about power as a bit of a sub-vector. Warden of the Chain, for example, four mana, four, four, three mana, four, four from, um, from uh, Theros Beyond Death or whatever. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Green, white, twin. I, I think this might be the all-star of, of the cube. This is just, there's Speak no other. Yourself. We haven't gotten to my favorite yet. Yeah, okay. This one's my all-star. Uh, the signposts don't really show what's happening because the twin pieces aren't the signposts. These ones just kind of go along the same vector as the signposts. Uh, something like Conclave Mentor, which is kind of like a whining constrictor. Uh, if you put counters on something, you put an additional one, and then it dies to gain a bunch of life or something. Juniper Order Ranger, uh, whenever a creature comes into play under your control, you put a 1-1 counter on that creature. This actually can go infinite with a couple cards in the cube. Um, you can make infinite tokens and counters with this. And then from that, you can gain infinite life and infinite drain and all that good stuff. Camaraderie which is uh, sneakily the hardest card to spell in the cube. <laughs> this one gave me a lot of, <laughs> a lot of problems. Um, this one just cares about you kind of going wide. So green-white, you can just make a bunch of tokens and put a bunch of counters on it. And that's a perfectly fine way to play the deck too. White-black, we didn't move too far away from its bread and butter. It's uh, Aristocrats. We got Cartel Aristocrat. Uh, Ellis Ilcor, which is a recent one. Um, Indulging Patrician for a bit of life gain. Yeah, we did get rid of the whole allies sub-theme, though. That, that's no longer present. I don't think we miss it. Black-green. Spooters. Spiders mm-hmm. spawning. Our first, uh, our first signpost. Man, th- this one's sick. Dump your whole deck into your graveyard. Make a bunch of spiders with Rot Widow Pack. Nyx Weaver. There's a lot of really good spiders that are draft chaff, surprisingly. Uh, you can just get a bunch of these going and uh, drain your opponent out with spiders. Yeah, and uh, most of them are in green, and most of them have higher toughness than power. I wonder if that matters. No, probably not. (laughs) Uh, Blue-green, flash. Now... (laughs) (laughs) I still get mad about this one. (laughs) Now hear me out. (laughs) Prophet of Crewfix. This card is... (laughs) Unsubscribe. They already stopped listening. The podcast is off. Prophet of Crewfix is draft chaff. It's banned in Commander, it sees zero constructed play, it costs two cents, and it has a really beautiful alt art. You're going to tell me that this isn't perfect for our cube? Yeah, my argument with Profit was always that it was just so good that it needed to be banned and everything, 
that like if it were un it's an interesting I mean it actually is interesting discourse because you know we've seen we've seen the unban hammer come around mm-hmm. and yeah. like unban cards like Jason Mind Sculptor and then they just don't take over the format like they used to. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd be curious where profit would be in that case. I think in Commander it would still be too much, but uh, in other formats, who's to say? Um, that said, it was just so powerful that it r- warranted the bans that I was like, yeah, just I, I think it doesn't belong. But it's one of my favorite all, it's cards all, of ever, so I'm not actually upset that it's in here. Yeah, yeah, begrudgingly allowing it, I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have plenty of just like lightning strike in this cube. Like, That's true. if you just leave up the mana, you lightning strike this, your opponent kind of they're kind of wrecked from that plus your buddy is here frilled mystic the uh four Mm -hmm. mana etb counter a spell wait a minute wasn't there a flicker archetype no i don't think so uh next and also (laughs) there's river hoopoo which is just look at that guy just gotta get the birds in there too because i'm a big bird fan oh yeah yeah river hoopoo is perfect for flash i mean you leave up the mana if you don't need to flash in your frilled mystic you just draw a bunch of cards and get a bunch of life instead all right here here's your one Oh yeah, this is my baby right here. Blue red free casting. Yeah, we just have a bunch of cards, uh, like Goblin Electromancer to just like make your instants and sorceries as cheap as possible, and then also a bunch of cards that just let you cast things for free and double cast. Cause of Royal Chasers one that lets you kind of, um, you know, you pay X less to cast a card, uh, based on the number of wizards you have. So like a wizard sub theme. We did want to have a few different areas where the creature type matters. So spiders, we mentioned wizards is one in this as well. Yeah. Um, and then we have a bunch of the big spells from Strixhaven, like creative outburst where, yeah, it costs a ton of mana, but if you can figure out how to cast it for free, you're getting these crazy effects for, for no mana investment. Oh, wait a minute. This is a blue or a red discard effect. That's, I wonder if that matters. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Nope. There's no uh, Grixis deck that cares about <laughs> discarding. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Red White is heroic. This one was actually pretty straightforward, but it, it's, it fits surprisingly well into this environment. Uh, Anax and Siamid. This this one, power level-wise, is strong. The, uh, the actual last deck that won the Draft Chaff Cube tournament that we had. Um, shout out Pessimistic Corn. Love you, buddy. Uh, Anax and Siamid, Hero of the Nextborn. These things just flattened us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's like a real aggro deck. Yeah, this was this was a pain. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about this one. <laughs> uh, so, so this one might need a little power level tweak, and, and we were totally open to that at some point. Tenth uh, District Legionnaire helping out as well. And there's also tons of other vectors baked into this uh, into this you know cube as well. But we're not going to tell you about all of them. Why don't we just uh, give it a play test and see what happens? Sure. So we're uh, firing up the cube. Something pretty cool about Cube Cobra, you actually can have people join uh, if anyone ever wanted to test draft our cube before doing it themselves. All right, we've got our first pack out here. We got some bangers off the bat. How about a 017? Does that do anything for you? Oh, yeah. Windmill Slam, find everything that lets me attack with my toughness and be happy. Yeah. Now, this is a little strange. We have some cheat codes to this cube because we designed it. So uh, if this were just being given to someone who hadn't seen it before, then you know maybe maybe they wouldn't know exactly all these vectors. I do happen to know where every card theoretically belongs. It's not to say it couldn't belong in multiple places. 
but I made it belong in multiple places. So like I do kind of know where everything uh, leads. That being said, there are multiple entry points that we have here. I think there actually is a strictly best card to take, though. Uh, they're just shouting out some things. There's Cherix Raging Isle, uh, Night Pack Ambusher for the Flash Vector, a Cobbled Lancer if you want a one mana three three. But you have to put some stuff in your graveyard first. Golden Hind is a good. Uh, well, it's an Elk that taps for mana, pretty generically good. Lurking Roper is a combo card. Dollhouse of Horror is generically pretty solid. Uh, Rotwood Opac, a Spider Signpost, pretty clear what that wants to do. Abzadat's Aid, a Reanimate spell, and uh, oh, what is a Conspiracy? <laughs> Yeah, so we do have some conspiracies in the set. And this one in particular, Advantageous Proclamation, lets your minimum deck size be reduced by 5, so you can run 35 cards instead of 40. And there are quite a few others in the set. I believe we took out one of them. Yeah, one one was dumb. It was Hymn of the Wilds. It made it so that you couldn't play any instants or sorceries in your deck. But the first creature you cast each turn was reduced by one. And the deck that played it was a red-white beatdown deck that had a bunch of auras and stuff to put on creatures. And also a bunch of creatures with flash. So mm-hmm. you could like play a, a red creature and then on your opponent's turn flash in a cheaper white creature. So it was just generating ridiculous amounts of mana advantage. The worst part was uh, the deck in, in one of its matches was just way too good. Uh, in the others... It lost. So the deck was both unfun to play against and not very good. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that uh, th- that meant it was it was time to get cut. Advantage pro- advantageous proclamation though. This is just like, I mean this this just makes every card in your deck that much better. All right, next here, ooh, we've got some other bangers. There's an overrun, a null priest of oblivion. There's a stromkirk condemned. Wavebreak hippocanth. I, I do love angel fire. Addition, angel fire but, caught yeah. my eye too. You shouldn't really take a card that's this, I mean, this this vector-specific so early. Yeah. Asylum Visitor, Stromkirk Condemned, these kind of point along the same lines. There's a life gain card in here. I don't know, Doom Necro could be kind of fun. Do some sort of reanimator thing. This is a pretty generically solid, solid card. Overrun is also pretty solid, too. But it's the only green card in the pack, and there's, there's not really any red cards in this pack. I don't know how Cube Cobra does pack collation, but I assume it's perfectly random. Yeah, I mean, it, packs do break that way sometimes, so that could be realistic. Um, yeah, I think Doom Necro seems fine. Other than that, you're maybe taking like a, a dual land or yeah, any Chancery of the other few cards that you game. mentioned there, Ben. But um, Null Priest is good too, but I like, uh, I think I like Necromancer for just staying open at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe try to wheel uh, Scourge of the Fleets. Sure. Big uh, Sea Monster. Let's take Necro. Uh, Advantageous Proclamation would work better with combo-esque cards like the Doom Necromancer. Ooh, some action here. Uh, If we're going to be discarding cards, Containment Construct, Twin Shot Sniper puts itself in the graveyard. Although Waker of Waves, this is pretty good for Blue-Black Reanimator. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The not-for-hour deck necessarily, but the Electrostatic Infantry caught my eye because that's a favorite of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Stormwild Capador. I'm not even going to say why this one's in there. It's not worth... (laughs) spoiling <laughs> uh but i am looking at waker of waves i'm also looking at wolf of devil's breach this is mm-hmm. when it uh when it attacks you can pay one of the red and pitch a card and if you do it deals damage equal to a creature or planeswalker to that card's mana value if we're gonna be pitching cards to reanimate with doom necro then wolf of devil's breach i mean black red reanimator you can easily make that a thing i, I kind of want to take that because waker of waves is good 
I think Wolf of, of Devil's Breach is just a better card. Yeah, there also aren't any black cards in the de- in the pack, so we're That's not awkward. We're not um, missing. You know, I obviously would rather just take a black card that's on Vector here, but well, mm-hmm. speaking of power word kill in this next pack, it's also Magma as well. Spray, Macabre Waltz, Dismissive Pyro actually goes really well along the same vector as Wolf of Devil's Breach. And this opens us up to potentially be like a blue, a blue red spell reanimation deck, because that is actually a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's true. Like casting spells for free from your graveyard or even free casting them uh, from your hand. Kazmina is a, a pretty generically good card that's sort of along this vector. She uh, she she loots with her uh, wizards that she makes. Wizards is also a thing for the blue red free casting deck. I don't know. Magma sprays up there. I, I think I'm gonna take the dismissive pyro though. It seems the most on vector for the two cards we have already. I don't really consider advantageous proclamation to have like a huge vector pull. It kind of yeah, does, no. but. It's probably at its worst in a deck full of like replaceable creatures, like a beatdown deck of, of like green white beatdown or uh, red white beatdown. Then it's probably at its worst. It, it's just going to be good. Like y- any deck would take this and play it. Yeah. For that reason, it actually could be a, an eventual cut from the cube because it's maybe a little too generic. Yeah. So here's some interesting stuff. There's an Arik Lore Mage. Uh, this lets you tap, search your library for a card, put it in your graveyard, and then shuffle. If it's an instant or sorcery, you put a 1 1 counter on the Lore Mage. That goes pretty well yeah. with the Doom Necro. Yep, yeah, pretty solid. There's an Unbreakable Bond. It looks like Reanimator's open. Not seeing any more red in this pack. Blue is almost fully dry, except for Obsessive Stitcher, which is also a Reanimate card. So Reanimating Vector seems to be open. Definitely Red's, not seeing beatdown stuff. Yeah, we don't see any red in this pack either, but red feels from the past few packs felt more open on this Vector than blue perhaps although we did pass the waker of waves i feel like we've passed too much blue for us to move into blue i'd probably just take the lore mage i I like the lore mage here it's it's pretty sick with uh with the with the necro obsessive stitcher hmm you know it actually could be cool for this uh this cube inti although that one's actually starting to pick up and constructed um that one might be too good let's take the lore mage Ooh, hold up (laughs) we've got from under the floorboards uh this is kind of exactly what we're looking for but there's a bunch of good stuff here there's an undead butler olivia's attendance grave shifter underworld cookbook dusk mangler and a blood hall priest blood hall priest from under the floorboards i think we found our vector god what do we even take here so this is more about madness (laughs) yeah uh so from under the floorboards is five mana you put three two twos into play and gain three we can also madness it for x this I mean, we haven't seen any of the spell reanimating cards yet. So Graveshifter is kind of off. I mean, we want to be putting stuff into our graveyard, not necessarily taking it out. Although this is good with something like Doom Necro. Olivia's Attendance could be a good reanimator target, like something we actually try to bring back. There's an Undead Butler to put a bunch of stuff in our graveyard. Dusk Mangler is another good reanimator target. Underworld Cookbook is good because... um, I mean, it also just reanimates something straight up and you can uh, discard discard stuff. I mean, we're going to wheel something out of this pack, but geez, what do you even take here? This is such a pack. I mean, the priest is also solid. It might just be the land. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, like being able to cast our stuff. (sighs) Then again, yeah, we could get better ones. Like there's there's cards with flashback that we could get. I kind of like picking up the Dusk Mangler as our first good reanimator target. Target, yeah. I believe his attendance is just so brutal, though. But this one can sort of kill an opponent. It just nugs them for four straight up when it comes in. Yeah. Let's go with the Dusk Mangler. 
Wow, the uh, the spice continues to flow. The, there's some stuff that's more along the sack vector, like Bloodthrown Vampire, uh, Aristocrats as Curse of Leeches. Tendrils is just generically good. Corpse Augur. I think now we take the Bloodfell Caves. Yeah, I agree. High Sentinels of Arishin. That's a card. Wow. Oh, man. We are, we are super open, dude. Uh, I think we have two clear picks here. Channeler would be good in this deck. Same with Carnarium. But Chandra and Anji. Anya? I would say Anya, but I don't know what Watsi's pronunciation intended uh-huh. pronunciation is. I would take Anya here just because one of my favorites, but uh, yeah. from that from that particular set. But uh, the Chandra could go quite far in this deck too. I mean, you do have a ton of discard with the hand, like her just her plus one does mm-hmm. let you kind of just bin your hand, which is solid. It also lets you get do the fun discard thing where like you have nothing in hand and then you just get to you know play a bunch of stuff. Because we're reanimator, I mean, we have like Wolf of Devil's Breach. We're not going to be dumping our hands super quickly. Yeah. I think we probably should just take the Anya here. Yeah, I agree. But, oh man, it's too bad. Chandra's really good, but this this Planeswalker's in the cube. Spoiler, the only Planeswalker's in the cube are kind of bad. And like, or else they wouldn't have made it into the Draft Trap cube. Uh, right. There's none in here that are in here that are just like, you resolve them and instantly win the game. She just yeah, like shocks every you won't find any three turn. fairies or anything. Yeah, there's nothing quite like that. Um, they are all our draft chaff. That Chandra costs like a dollar, maybe like 50 cents or something. All right, we've got our wheel pack here. It's a Kazool's Fury that wheeled. Uh, Dollhouse of Horrors is pretty generically good. If we're putting stuff in our graveyard, this can be solid. This actually works really well with ETBs. This is a sneaky inclusion for blue-white yeah. uh, because it, it gets the creatures, enters the battlefield triggers back for, for pretty cheap. But this also cares about graveyard stuff. I mean, so far, we do have some cards that sack for good value. Uh, so these coming in with haste is pretty good because you could get back Doomed Necro and then immediately sack Doomed Necro to get back Dusk Mangler. Yeah. Or you could just reanimate Dusk Mangler. That's pretty good too. I, I think Dollhouse is it. Yeah, Dollhouse feels pretty good. Otherwise, I'd be on the F- Kozzle's Fury, but that's more just to grab fixing. Well, uh, black cards came back. Asylum Visitor, Null Priest of Oblivion, Nightmare's Thirst, and Stromkirk Condemned. I kind of like Asylum Visitor. We don't have any Madness cards yet. And a Madness card for Dismissive Pyro and Wolf of Devil's Breach. The Blood Token seems pretty good. Yeah, we're definitely going to want to enable, like, have better things to do than actually put stuff in our graveyard. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny red card in here, Arc Bond. When uh, choose a creature, whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. Yeah, that's an enraged plant, but yeah, you can also just like combo kill someone. You in, can just in, do in that way. too. Yeah, uh, pretty clear twin shot sniper here, right? Yeah, I believe so. It pitches itself. You could reanimate with Dollhouse or Doom Necro. That's pretty cool. Uh, this doesn't look like a very good teamer battle rage deck, but I guess I probably would take the game trail and just Whoops. speculate on whether like maybe we open some crazy green bomb that can be reanimated or something and yeah i uh should have taken that uh unbreakable bond it came back i mean oh and look at that blood hall priest and foreboding ruins i think we take the priest it's another madness card yeah we're getting hooked up we're clearly in the right vector here there were a That's lot it. of the black red lands in this first pack which means we're not likely to see very many coming going forward but there are still lands available to us but yeah all right pack two it's up 
Ever After could be good for us. Uh, we're going to be putting creatures in our graveyard, good with Auric Lore Mage. We tutor in two creatures. You could do something like cast Auric Lore Mage, then on turn five, uh, on their end step, tutor in one creature, untap, turn six, tutor in another creature, cast Ever After to get them both back. Uh, we should note Ever After is a way to get one of the best achievements, which is Cute Couple. Uh, if you... <laughs> If you reanimate a cute couple, you get the achievement. And uh, Zach and I get to pick what the cute couple is. If we decide that the two creatures reanimated would be a good fit for each other, then uh, you get the achievement. Uh, Jaxus the Troublemaker seems like a good fit for our deck too. Uh, lets you discard a card, create a token that's a copy of something, and then, and then it goes away. It has like it basically gives a thing blitz. Um, you can also blitz Jaxus too. Uh, there's some other stuff in here. There's Spell Twine. If we are trying <laughs> to do... If, if, if we're trying to do the uh, spell reanimator thing, spell twine, but we're, we're kind of off the spell reanimator thing, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we got there. On yeah, that. I think Lord Mage is most going to be tutoring in creatures. Ill-tempered loner is a good value card, but more of like a combo thing. Uh, Direfully Daredevil is pretty good. Caldera Hellion isn't really what we're looking for. It like wraths. Yeah, I think the pick is either. Oh, and th- there's obviously a bunch of other cards in here. Behold, Core Celebrant, Scurry Oaks, a combo card. Uh, this Jungle Barrier. Uh, white fixing we don't really care about for the citadel gates i think it's either ever after or jaxus what do you think just another good reanimator spell yeah we probably need to start taking our curve into consideration too um it's not looking atrocious but yeah i mean that's just something to to keep in the back of our minds not that jaxus fits great in our curve currently anyway uh it's probably just ever after Ooh, a couple good options here uh if we want to improve our curve or even just our curve out. This fire diamond that just taps for red. There's one of each diamond in the cube. That that'd be pretty good. Um, we do have some slightly more expensive stuff. Some good fours to ramp into. Deep cavern bat. That's a new inclusion from LCI. I I imagine this card is going to be great, uh, particularly in this type of deck. I mean, mesmeric fiend and reanimator and vintage cube. Those things go hand in hand. Like you really do want those sort of, um, I guess, like uh, check cards just to see if your opponent can stop your reanimation because you're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, right? You're putting all this effort in to reanimate a big creature. You don't want your opponent to have like a good removal spell to just kill it instantly. So taking that with a deep cavern bat's pretty good. Or we could just take a black red scry land. Yeah, I feel like I want to take the land, but I'm also noticing just, you know, if you're drafting this in pod, one thing to keep keep an eye on, right, is that, uh, well, we passed a core celebrant a couple of packs ago, and there's an attended healer in this pack. So oh. the cat cat core combo has been opened. Yeah, um, which is one of the fun things about this being a 540 card cube. Not all of the combos get opened every draft, so mm-hmm. that's one we notice did get opened. Um, but yeah, I'm probably just on the temple or maybe the eldest reborn here. We, our removal isn't really existent at all. Yeah, we're so. gonna want to pick up some red burn spells at some point. Uh, I think probably Temple. We only have one dual land so far. And yeah. th- this you can't really get away with that. Right. It's a cube, so there's more intense mana colorings and restrictions than other sets. Uh, this one's actually kind of a dud for us. Lich's Mastery isn't... It's a bit more of a meme than what we're trying to do. It fits better if you have life gain stuff. Sir Conrad? Eh. More along the sack, the Aristocrats vector there. Same with Bloodthirster Aerialist. Not really any red cards as a Goblin Electromancer. I think this one's a whiff. What do you want to take? Hate the mm. Prophet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, you probably correct. would be looking to hate something here. I, I think if this were Pod, I would hate the Prophet of Crufix. That seems reasonable. 
No one took the um the wolf though the the four mana four four flash that that's a yeah, good the, uh, flash payoff. So maybe I would actually hate the Sir Conrad. I think that's probably the other best card in the pack. Or the animation module hate a on the green white combo player. Yeah, uh, a lot of things to hate out of this pack. I'll say the profit. Uh, oh, here we got some good stuff. We've got Insolent Neonate. There's also a Fry, though. Uh, this is a good sideboard card. Uh, this deals five to a creature that's white or blue. Probably just go with the Neonate. This lowers our curve by a lot. Double yeah. Vision isn't really what we're trying to do. That's more a blue-red thing. Yep. Ooh, Dread Return. Ooh, Sarakon's Unsealing. H- how's our power and toughness looking? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, pretty clearly not a good Sarakon's Unsealing deck. I'm just make no. what's happening over here. Yeah, no, Reaper's not, Talisman, not really. neither. We're not really sacking stuff. Cemetery Tampering is a way to just start dumping raw cards into a graveyard, but I actually like having a Dread Return before I have the Cemetery Tampering because if you can mill this Dread Return in, it's a reanimator spell that you can flashback. Yeah. No, I like Dread it's, Return here as well. Yeah, it's not great for our deck because to flash it back, you need to sack three creatures, and we're mostly going for like a big right. reanimate deck this would be better in green black spiders where you're you know making a bunch of tokens and then eventually reanimating something or even in white where uh, you have a bunch yeah. of like little things you can sack the zulaport cutthroat i mean zulaport cutthroat and dread return is a great combo let's hit the dread return uh, anyway hmm <laughs> another red combo card here that's funny it's a falcon wrath aristocrat but i'm not even sure that would be the pick we need some sort of interaction i mean harsh scrutiny this is sort of like a thought seize in our cube yeah, it serves that purpose. It's probably the Fiendish. best card for us here. Yeah. Dying to serve think... is here, but I don't... Yeah, I don't... We're going I mean, it makes us a bunch of zombies, hard. I guess. But that's like... Yeah, we're like really hard into the discard thing. We don't actually have a ton of... Well, I guess we have a nice mix of things that let us discard. I, I think we have a lot of repeatable discard outlets, but we're almost more along the big stuff reanimator vector at this point, right. even though we are in red. Right. Uh, I think we should just go for harsh scrutiny, similar to how yeah. we missed on that deep cavern bat. We want to double check that our opponent's not going to be able to stop us. Yep. Really could use some removal, though. Mm, bit of a whiff to explosive singularity and standard bearer, not really for us. We can take the standard bearer. Ah, Angel of Grace. <laughs> See, I did Beautiful. the same thing with the explosion, the expo- uh, explosive singularity. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, oh man. man. Uh, that that's the sign of a cool cube, though. Cards that you wish you could be taking instead. <laughs> but you're, I, I'm very happy with where we are right, right now. This deck looks sick. Yeah, I um, mean, when you're in a good deck and there are other cards that speak to you, that's a good sign. When you're in a terrible deck and you see other cards that are just, yeah, that doesn't feel great. But yeah, all right, pack three is going to have to be our removal pack. This is young pyro here, but that's kind of off vector. We have very few instants and sorceries, and the ones that we do have are high end. We, this is best with cheap ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Sky Scanner. Oh, we have a Reckless Worm. Uh, three mana, four, yeah, four I would, trample. I would definitely go Reckless Worm. We don't have a ton of stuff that we actually want to be discarding. And while we are kind of on that mm-hmm. big, big reanimator vector, like we do have a bunch of stuff that lets us discard. It cares about us discarding. So picking up madness stuff is not going to be bad. Yeah, I'm moving some stuff around here. Twin Shot Sniper's removal. It's like a two drop, I guess. Uh, Advantageous Proclamation. That's sort of separate from all these other things. Uh, I don't think our deck, I don't even know if Loner or Jaxus is going to make our deck in the end, but Jaxus is a repeatable pitch uh, outlet. So I think Interesting to notice, nobody took the Core Celebrant. All right, we, we can't blame the boss for being <laughs> stupid. That, that's just... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Black-White deck or like the Cleric's deck isn't really 
there. Otherwise, I just happen to notice those two cards. Hmm. I mean, uh, we can check. I believe you can see what the bots drafted afterwards. Yeah. Oh, wow. Deep Cavern Bat came back. That That's great for us. Slam the bat. Uh, this one's a whiff. Take the kind of serve. for us in this pack anyway. Ooh. Fry's Yield a good fry. sideboard card. Uh, take a talisman. Take a post. Take a cigar to splendor. All right, pack three. Ooh, some very good stuff here. You, you, you wish we were in blue red right now? <laughs> yeah, blue red would be pretty sweet at the moment. Uh, oh, there's a reckless rage. Oh, there's a strangle. I think we just, this is like an eat your vegetables pick. Gotta just yeah. take the strangle or the reckless rage. Although our deck would love Meyer Triton, our deck would love Archfiend of Sorrows. Uh, Archfiend of Sorrows is sick with uh, Orik Lore Mage, tutor it out, and then the next turn, unearth it. You get a 4 5 haste. Uh, it goes away, but you get to wipe your opponent's cheap stuff. Hopefully, this one wheels. Or yeah, the Meyer Triton, that'd be nice too. Pretty sure we just have to go with Strangle here. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Some other good stuff. Archfiend of Ifner. This is one of my favorite cards in the entire cube. Are we discarding things frequently enough? Ooh, Murmuring Mystic. Nice. No, I don't think we are. Um, are you sure, though? Because I'm might not be. positive, but I feel like... I feel like we're not. Wow, this pack, I'm just, I can't get away from all the blue red cards in this pack. There's a wildfire, wildfire eternal, murmuring is it, mystic, is it two blue red lands. Oh, yeah, there's some, there's some sick stuff. I mean, Total honestly, our deck could play Thrill. Yeah, hmm. yeah, we could. Actually, we don't have any card draw. I don't know. We, we might we might be able to play Archfiend. Like, this might be the, the mythical red-black Archfiend of Maybe. deck. Because, like, look, we have... So let's see. Jaxus is a not free one mana, but one mana to discard repeatedly. Uh, Anya, one mana to discard repeatedly. The problem is we have a lot of stuff that lets us discard, but not a Pyro. ton of stuff we actually want putting like that we want to put in the graveyard. We have a few cards that we want to discard because they have madness or are just giant reanimator targets. But the rest of our cards we don't really want to get rid of. Yeah, that's true. All right, I guess the pack. Oh, refreshing the page, reset the uh, the sortings. Let me get some of this stuff out here. Get that high sentinel out of there. I don't think we want to ban in the post or team or battle rage. These uh, that's actually a two drop. Fry is going to be a sideboard card to start out with. Whoops! I clicked the archfiend. Of course uh, you did. What's, what's I next? don't think that was the right pick. For the record, what, what was you going with? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I don't remember the whole pack, but I don't think it would have been archfiend. I mean, maybe it was still right, but hmm. Uh, we really could use some more cheap removal, but I think Grave Brick or Lamia might be a good pickup for us. There is a an invasion of Amonkhet. A Crone Crusader is not really what we want. Necrogoyf could be cool for us too. This one has madness, and it also has power equal to the number of creature cards in all graveyards. This is a reason to be discarding a bunch of creatures, even if yeah. we don't have a, re like a reanimator spell. Yeah, I feel like that's a nice little bridge between the two kind of different vectors we're split between. I'd probably go Necrogoyf here. Sure. Ooh, that, that one's in there for you. Invader Parasite? Mm-hmm. We're not really flickering, though, so that's not quite as good. There's an elusive Tormentor. This cares about discarding, but it's not a great pickup for us. I don't think we need more discard outlets. We have plenty. We, we have, we have, if anything, we have too many, yeah. I, yeah. I think even, this isn't even one of the best ones that we have. I think we can actually just, because this one also cares about attacking a little more. It flips into that 
uh, oh, yeah. one that then you can attack with it as a four four. I think we can just take anything here. This is a bit of a dud for us. Uh, Stromkrook Occultist, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. <sighs> the Tusker. Oh, the Get Blob. Yeah. yeah. Take the Occultist here. We're, yeah. we're pretty locked into this vector at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, the, like, we got the, the Lightning Axe. Of, oh, it's the perfect card for this. Uh, enables discard. It's a burn spell. This is everything we want. Oh, nice. late weight advantage. Oh, boy. And oh. you just passed a high alert, too. Oh, man. So Living Lore would be good for our free casting stuff, but we're pretty away from that now. Don't think we want to unleash Fury. We're already not playing the uh, Team of Battle Rage. Flame Blade Adept seems good here. Whenever you yeah, cycle a discard, gets one Plays out. into that Archfiend you picked up. Yeah. Not even entirely sure we'll play it. Do we take Grape Shot just as a burn spell? <laughs> nope. Well... Uh, no, 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 the the meteor might be a reasonable pickup, maybe. We are just a little low on removal, and sometimes we're gonna need to kill something big. Yeah, crawling barons is good. Our fixing is bad. Yeah, we we, we should have eaten our vegetables and pack one with the lands a little more, I guess. I I yeah, I think also like we don't have a ton of threes. Like there's not a ton of stuff for us to do on three. So worst case, we just suspend this. Yeah, not that you really fine. love to suspend the meteor, but. Uh, all right, Raptor Hatchling is a good sideboard card against like a red-white beatdown deck. Ooh, wheel the oh the blue-red deck. All right, so so Grixis has been pretty open in, in this yeah, um, yeah. In, in this draft. I think we could have actually settled into like a blue-red spell reanimator deck or a black-red reanimator deck. We just yeah, I don't know when we would have pivoted to blue. I've been thinking about that for most of the last two pick two packs. I I yeah. don't know when we would have switched into blue, but there definitely was a solid blue-red deck here. I don't think either of these make the deck in the end. I don't think we, we care about Ember Maul Hellion either. I think we just take like a Wildfire Eternal. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Stencia Uprising, this is kind of like removal. Mm, I guess. <laughs> well, we're awfully heavy on fours, unfortunately. Fodder, I don't think we have enough stuff with more toughness. We have that. We've got a few things, but yeah, no, it's not like... A lot of us are, a lot of these are power heavy. Nah. We have a couple things, but not enough. I think our deck is basically done. Oh, that hurts. It's Husker Wheel. Three of my favorite cards in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sword Tooth, get in there, buddy, and uh, Living Lore. Yeah, Blue Red would have been cool too. Oh, that's a draft. That is a draft. Started Let's out really that. nice. I feel like that ended pretty rocky for us. Like the packs didn't break very well for this this deck, but yeah, you know what happens. I'm just cutting some of the nonsense that I don't think we're going to play no matter what. Uh, we do have some pretty solid stuff going on here. We could have used a slightly cheaper discard enabler. I guess we have the cheapest is the pyro, and then we have the blood tokens. We can't start discarding super early, but we do have ways to get paid off. Uh, we have the Dollhouse, the Archfiend in particular. This is actually a two-mana cycler. You could just cycle this on two, put it in the graveyard, reanimate it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. This is a three-drop. How does this deck win? Uh, you just I reanimate the Wolf and smack face? Yeah, I mean, Wolf is a way to just start killing your opponent. Dusk Mangler, just looping a Dusk Mangler a bunch of times is a way to kill your opponent. Get it back with Unbreakable Bond. Yeah, ever aftering a bunch of big stuff. Let's see. Right now we have 19 creatures and 10 non-creatures. So we need some cuts. Do you think we need the Raptor Hatchling in two? Or are we good on twos? Uh, how many of our twos are creatures? One, two, three, four. Uh, 
I mean, this format isn't lightning fast. I don't think yeah, we need it. We probably could cut it. Oh, Reaper's Talisman is a cut too. Otherwise, this deck looks pretty great. I mean, eighteen and nine. We could still. We could. We oh, can cut the. Yeah, we can. We can cut the proclamation. Yeah. But now here's the thing: Do we want to go down? Because we could go down to thirty-five here, and that makes our fixing problem a little less. Well, actually, it could exacerbate it because then there's yeah. actually just less copies of of the each land type in the deck. But then, hmm, we don't have. I don't that think we're combo matter. heavy enough. Like we don't have very specific things we're trying to find, and the very specific things we're trying to find, we can kind of find with Lore Mage. Mm, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Rising. I think we have enough of all of our pieces that we don't actually need to go down. It might just be strictly better to do it, though. I don't know. Listener, let us know what you think. I think we can just cut it. Uh, 18 and 8. Cut a couple creatures. I, what do you think about this Dread Return? Like, are we ever flashing this back? We don't have that many cheap things no. to sack. We, we can't make the tokens. We have Unbreakable Bond and Ever After. Uh, plus the Doom Necro, so that's three ways to reanimate. I think that's fine. Plus we can tutor for them with Lord Mage. Oh, but wait a minute. We could put Dread Return into our graveyard with Lore Mage and then sack a bunch of stuff to get back Mangler. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the question is, are you comfortable casting Dread Return without ever being able to get it back? Yeah, yeah. it's just four mana reanimate. I guess that's good enough. And we have the Dollhouse, too. Uh, we have a lot of ways to reanimate. Maybe we cut Unbreakable Bond because this one isn't quite as good with our other pieces like Lore Mage. Sure. And Ever After is just kind of beefier than Unbreakable Bond. The Dollhouse is repeatable, so that's pretty good. Let's see. We've got now 18 and 7. We need like two cuts. We, I think it should be two creatures here. Uh, the most off-vector stuff we have. I don't really feel like we need Jax's. Yeah, Jax's is a little loose. I mean, Jax's does pretty similar stuff to Dismissive Pyro. Kind of just repeating. Do we like insolent neonate? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Flame blade adept. I guess when you have the option to cycle and discard, like it just it gives us like it gives us a a, a little bit to stand on when it comes against aggressive decks. Like we're not yeah. going to just get completely overrun by them. And we have some pretty cool ways of like instant speeding stuff. Like you could instant speed discard, pitch a blood hall priest, pump your flame right. blade adept. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. Uh. I, I like to try Necrogoyf. This one doesn't make it in very often, but this is definitely the deck for it. Yeah. This is a heavy creature deck, so we're buffing the, the creature count in the graveyard. We need one we're playing more 16 or 17 lands. I think this would be 17. I think we'd want to just cut one more creature here. Asylum Visitor, Madnesses, that's still good. Deep Cavern Bat, yeah. Occultist, yeah, I probably still want it. Oh, oh, hold on. There's been a blood flow of Connoisseur oh, hiding yeah. here the whole time. That, that's obviously off vector. All right, boom. We got a deck. Not too right, shabby. Some basics. Maybe add like, uh, I don't know, what is, what is what does eight and eight look like? What's this? The 41. We have mostly red early. So I'll just cut a uh, mountain or cut a swamp. And then uh, I think we just made a deck. Yeah, looks pretty good. Yeah, this one, this one would be a lot of fun to play out. I mean, cycling, madnessing things out. Madison got a Blood Hall Priest with like a Stromkirk Occultist in play and uh, uh, like an Asylum Visitor. Yeah, this this deck can go empty-handed pretty quick just by cycling stuff away, hitting its drops. And then it has good top decks too with stuff like uh, Dollhouse to get stuff back, Ever After to get stuff back. I love yeah. Lore Mage. This, this is a really cool card and a card yeah. that you won't find in many of the cubes either. 
Sweet. Cool day. Yeah. All right. Uh, as we've been doing all month, we're going to skip our listener question of the week. Drop your questions in the 2023 holiday mailbag channel instead, and we'll read those out next week. So that's that brings us to our Teferi Tibble. Ben, how, how's your week been? Pretty good so far. Uh, I realized I need a haircut. That's a, that's a bit of a tibble. Not doing anything significant. I love my long hair, but I think it's time. It's just getting kind of messy, and I just hate getting haircuts. got to go, and they never know what to do properly, and it's like, ugh. That's because you don't go frequently I, enough. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if only I knew like a reliable hairdresser, you know? Oh, yeah. I can't, can't think of any. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the joke there is that my mom is a hairdresser. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll hit her up. Um, my Teferi this week, uh, I've been playing a new deck in Standard, starting to get ready for the RCQ season, which is uh, Standard next. And I've been testing a lot of decks, playing a lot of decks, this is almost more of a tibble than anything, but I, I tried like one of the $60 red deck wins, just mono red beatdown decks. I've got like an 80% win rate with it. It's so good. <laughs> Are you playing in best of one or best of three cues? Best of one so far, which is a big part of it. I'm going to yeah. try some best of three and uh, and see how it goes. I imagine it'll normalize, but I can't believe I've been testing all these wacky brews when I should have just been playing my, my old my old pet deck, my old, uh, my old love mono red smack face and burn. How about you? What's up? Well, my Teferi and my Tibble are actually the same thing this week. Um, I moved. So on the Teferi side, uh, it went really smoothly. I hired movers for the first time ever, and nothing broke. I didn't have to take any of my stuff apart. I didn't have to lift anything heavy or bribe anybody with pizza to help me get things (laughs) from one place to another. So it was great. Um, The downside to that is now I have to unpack and figure out where things go in a new space with less closet room and different things like that. Uh, it took like over a day to get my Wi-Fi turned on, so that was problematic. Um, all the typical kind of moving things. Also, uh, I had a lot of time to get this move done, but I figured I wanted it done before Christmas, and I'm going away at the beginning of the month of the year, and I just kind of wanted to have it done before all that. Um, I think we're on track for that, but uh, yeah, just lots to do. And uh, it's the middle of the week, so I'm still working and stuff. I didn't take any time off for this. So, well, that about does it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Do check out the Discord if you haven't already. We've actually been having a lot of people jump in the Discord lately who have been listening to the show for a really long time, but haven't been in the Discord. So if that's you and you feel like you missed the bus, you didn't, jump in there, Get say in hi. There. Yeah, we'd love, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Again, you can all sorts of channels for all different things. And if you want to have your question read and answered in the holiday mailbag episode, definitely jump in there and check out that 2023 holiday mailbag channel. If you'd like to support the show directly, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draft pod. Again, really awesome perks and huge thanks to everybody who continues to support us there. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. And if you want to find us on social media, you can do so on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling themselves now. Whatever it is. At Draft Chaff Pod, pretty much on all the things, any any of the things that you want to find us. If we're on it, we're at Draft Chaff Pod. Thanks, folks, and we'll catch you next week. All right, I've got a pretty funny... Well, well this is something to chat about, something I'd like to hear some discourse on in, in the Discord. Uh, I, I was running a poll on Twitter. It's actually still going, but by the time this is up, it'll be over. Uh, and it's gotten a pretty good, uh, pretty good response. It's got over 60 votes in it right now. And I asked, all right, imagine your partner's parents 
asks you about your hobbies, mainly meaning magic, because they've heard that you're into it. They want to know what it is. They have no idea what it is at all. Uh, what is your opener? Or rather, which of these is the best uh, uh. possible opener? Uh, here are the four options that I presented on Twitter. It's kind of like chess. It's kind of like poker. It's kind of like D&D. And it's kind of like Pokemon. Thoughts? I definitely open with it's kind of like chess. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's winning like, right now. Yeah. I feel like if you open with it's kind of like poker, you get only people who like really know poker know the strategic side of the game over the gambling side. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like for most people, if you just said it's kind of like poker, they jump to gambling and then that like sends them down a rabbit hole that magic really isn't. And the context here is that this is your partner's parents. Right. This isn't just anyone off the street or, or a longtime friend. This is right, like so it matters. Yeah. Um, and so chess captures the, the strategic bit the best uh, out of those options. And I feel like the other ones, D and D, and what was the last one? Pokemon. Pokemon. Um, send you too far into like a territory that I probably just wouldn't want to go in terms of like the whimsical sort of nature of of the game um Mm -hmm. i tend to when i tell people about the game whether they're my partner's parents or some random person i tend to try to focus more on the fact that it's a strategy game and like the the other bits about lore and story and all those things are kind of ancillary to the strategy Mm -hmm. um you could play the you could love the game and never actually care about those bits yeah that's true uh right now chess is winning at around 40% 40% of the vote. Poker and uh, Pokemon are actually tied-ish, 26 and 28, respectively. Uh, and D&D, a mere 7%. So maybe, maybe uh, really, this only says something about the sample of people that are seeing the poll on, on our Twitter, mm-hmm. right? So people that follow us, it does make sense that they tend to say it's more like chess and poker. Uh, Pokemon, a more literal interpretation of the question, I guess. Uh, maybe if we were a commander podcast instead, we'd get more people saying it's more like D&D where the flavor and Vorthos aspects matter more. That's just my hypothesis, but uh, maybe we can run this poll in Discord too and, and see what our uh, hardcore Discord fans.